0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to our radio show. This is Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla. Very pleased to be with you today. It's a nice, cool day in northern Nevada. You know, I've actually learned to like winter more and more since I moved to Reno. Now, I've been in Reno 18 years, and I moved here from the desert of Arizona. Don't think that it's because I lived in that desert all my life that I love Reno so much. Not it at all. You see, I'm a native of Colorado, and in Colorado, we get a lot of winter. We did where I lived. Much more winter, in fact, a much colder winter, in fact, in Colorado than it is here in northern Nevada in beautiful Reno, Sparks, Truckee Meadows, everywhere people can listen to our radio show. It's awesome here. That's why so many people want to move to northern Nevada. And other reasons as well as the great climate, the friendly people. We're going to talk about that and more. And we're going to look at the latest stats from the Reno Spark. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies,
1: information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. JOIN, Inc., Northern Nevada's workforce development solution, is auctioning off an amazing winter ski package for Heavenly Ski Resort. This package includes lift tickets, restaurant gift cards, and much more. When you bid on this fabulous Heavenly Ski package, you are supporting JOIN, Inc., a key partner in workforce development, which is one of the best investments you can make to boost the Northern Nevada economy. Go to JOIN.org to start bidding today.
0: You tuned into Nevada Real Estate Radio right here on 1180 AM Radio, one of the Lotus broadcast stations here in Northern Nevada. We're having a great time and enjoying talking about real estate and real estate for investors. You know, a lot of people ask me, Peter, who do you recommend that I talk to? When I'm thinking about chatting with a realtor. Well, in most cases, I say it depends. But if you really want somebody that is worth their weight in gold that knows what they're doing in the real estate world, you need somebody that knows and understands the interesting nuances of living in Northern Nevada. That man would be Dan Ryder. He's the broker owner at Nevada Home Connections. I've gone on a number of tours in Northern Nevada home areas that Dan has pointed out to me. It's amazing how much he knows about so much of the Truckee Meadows. If it's Reno, Sparks, Washoe Valley, Carson City, anywhere in the Northern Nevada area, you're interested in talking about real estate. Call Dan Ryder at Nevada Home Connections, 775 742 3376, or visit nvhomeconnections.com. Tell Dan that Peter sent you. Today, I have a really interesting guest coming up later on the show. Her name is Marcia Burke Bigler. Marcia is Washoe County Commissioner for District 1. She's also the chair of the commissioners, and I've got some really interesting uh, questions for her. I'm hoping she's going to be handling Can you handle those, Marcia? She's shaking her head. She says yes. Marcia says she's going to be able to handle all of my questions. Before we get to that, though, I do want to cover the real estate report that we recently received from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. It's amazing. Uh, You know, I was around here back then in 2012 when we hit the low. The low price, median home price that I remember since moving here in early 2000s, that median home price was 150000 Well, the latest report from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors that was issued, and looking back at November, it says that uh, the uh, Washoe County area had 444 sales of existing family homes. That's down 17% from last year. It is a little up a little bit from the prior month, but still, it's down substantially. One of the problems that we're having in Northern Nevada in people wanting to buy homes is that there just aren't enough that are listed. Let's look at the listed mean sales price for an existing single-family residence. In Washoe County, it is at $377,000. Now, that's a little bit of a decrease since the month prior, uh, and but it is a 7% increase from a year ago, and that's really how you have to look at you know any any values. If you want to get a semi-accurate look at what the values are for a home, you first look at the median home prices, and you look to see what was going on a year ago, whether they're really going up and down. One month can make a big difference. It can put a big blip on the screen, but you know we're used to looking at things in one month uh, increment, uh, one-year increments rather. So take those month to month figures, um, you know, with a grain of salt, if you will. So, $377,000, that's a lot of money for a single-family, stick-built dwelling. Uh, Of course, that doesn't include condominiums or townhomes or manufactured homes. In fact, if you were looking at a condominium home in Washoe County, your median home price, as of this most recent report, is $178,000. That's a little bit down from a year ago, about 1%. Is that a telling signal of where we are on the curve as we're looking forward to the next coming months? Who knows? Things are always a little bit uncertain at this time of the year uh, because it's so slow and any really literally one sale can, can make a big difference if it's the right kind of sale, if it's in the right kind of area. Uh, let's look at the North Valleys. If you're looking at all oh, the uh, uh, percentage of homes uh, that they had from year to year, it's a 19 percent uh, decrease from last year. 309 sales took place in the North valleys. The median home price there is a little bit higher than in Washoe County. It's $395,000 in the North Valleys. So if you're looking at Sparks and Spanish Springs, uh, it's a little bit of a, of a little less cost there. Uh, median home prices there are $355,000 as opposed to the three ninety-five dollars in the North Valleys. My favorite area outside of the Reno Sparks area, that's firmly Nevada, and the median home price there. It's a little bit of an increase from last year. Well, more than a little bit, 8%, but it continues to roll. It was even up from the month prior, up 3%. So again, all these numbers, uh, other than the first set that we talked about with condominiums in Washoe County, uh, all these other numbers are for single uh, single story, single family rather, stick-built homes my name is peter padilla you're listening to nevada real estate radio coming up later on the show marcia burke bigler marcia is the commissioner washoe county commissioner for district one and the chair of the washoe county commissioners i'm going to ask her a few questions about the real estate market uh one of the things that i want to let all of our listeners know about first is about the fha increasing its fannie mae and freddie mac conforming load limits so some people some people really struggle to Purchase a home. It might be in the area of down payment. It might be in the area of time on the job. It might be in the area of credit. In some some cases, the FHA is the best mortgage. And if the FHA is the best mortgage, well, sometimes there's there's limitations that can cause you from being able to put an offer on the table, even if you can afford it. And that's because they set the conforming loan limits. How much of a an FHA mortgage can you get in today's environment? Recently, the uh, announcement from FHA was that in 2019, that amount is going up from $453,100 to $484,350. That's almost a 7% increase from last year and probably a good deal because homes are moving up at about that rate, it seems like, uh, some, some cases more or less. But that's a That's a pretty uh, understandable increase, considering the way home prices are going year to year. Regardless, uh, if you can buy a home, you can find a home, that's great. But most people are going to depend on their credit, and most people are going to depend on getting a mortgage. So one of the people that I talked to recently and they're looking to get a mortgage for the first time, they asked me a couple of questions. And it got me to thinking, you know, most people don't understand the mortgage world, the mortgage lingo, if you will, uh, the chatter. I call it being trilingual in fact. It's my third language, the mortgage world. I spent 10 years behind the mortgage desk and I'm still intimately involved and intimately concerned about the mortgage world because the problems we had in 2005, 6, 7, beyond into 12 with the low of median home prices had to do more with a mortgage meltdown than anything else. Uh, You have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're getting into. So one of the things that people asked me about was mortgage insurance. What is mortgage insurance? You know, a lot of people think on the surface mortgage insurance means you have insurance on your mortgage. I remember one lady told me that she thought that mortgage insurance meant that if you die, your mortgage insurance, your mortgage is paid off. Ha! It's not that. Mortgage insurance is an additional thing that you buy. You have to buy a mortgage insurance plan basically. You have to buy that in addition to paying your mortgage every month. You have to pay that every month. And why do you have to pay that? Well, you pay that because you are going into an FHA mortgage in some cases with very little down, in some cases close to zero down. Mortgage insurance is another way that FHA and private lenders too have mortgage insurance, that they get an additional assurance that you're going to make those payments. How about that? You're actually going to make those payments. You're going to – in some cases, you're going to uh, make that payment directly as part of your payment. In the US, all FHA and VA mortgages are insured by the federal government. and Other mortgage is a general practice. They require mortgage insurance from a private mortgage insurer when the loan amount exceeds 80% of the property value. That's also called the uh, LTV, the loan-to-value. So if you have a loan-to-value of 85 to 15, or 90 10, or 95% mortgage, 5% value, because that's all the money you put into it. In some cases, with an FHA mortgage, you only have to put three and a half percent down to get an FHA mortgage. So that extra mortgage insurance is going to be another cost that you're going to have when you make your mortgage payments. How much is that mortgage insurance? It's going to depend on a number of things. One of the biggest thing it's going to depend on is your credit score. Because in some cases, if your credit score is so low, you may not even be eligible for mortgage insurance. I've seen that happen where people are actually eligible because of the guideline requirements from the mortgage company. They're eligible for a particular mortgage but only if they can get mortgage insurance. So then they go get, contact somebody about mortgage insurance, and they don't qualify. They have different kinds of guidelines. You have to make sure that you're qualified for those. But once you get that mortgage insurance, then you're able to get these certain mortgages that require very little down. That mortgage insurance is included in your debt-to-income ratio. So when you make your mortgage payment every month, and then that mortgage insurance either included or in addition to that, When your mortgage lender calculates what your ability to borrow is, they're going to add that as one of the payments that you will be making after you get your mortgage. If you can put more money down, if you can put up to 20 percent down, you won't have to have mortgage insurance. And so you won't have to be paying that extra fee and you'll actually be able to buy more of a house. So obviously, one of the best things you can do is save money, maintain good credit so that you can make a reasonable down payment. If you cannot make a payment of more than just 3.5% or 5%, then you have to take into consideration mortgage insurance. We're going to talk about other terms in the mortgage world, on other episodes of Nevada Real Estate Radio, when we come back. Reno Technology Academy. Scholarships are available for your career in cybersecurity. Improving your technical skills can help you attain an income of up to 90000 Register for your scholarship online or call 849-4983. Reno Technology Academy. Reno Technology Academy. Scholarships are available for your career in the Internet of Things. Improving your technical skills can help you attain an income of up to 80000 Register online or 849-4983. Reno Technology Academy. You're tuned in to 1180 AM radio here in Northern Nevada. And this is Nevada Real Estate Radio. Glad you're with us on the show today. Before we get started on our radio interview, I want to talk to you about a great person that I'm talking with. His name is Steve, and he is the director at Reno Technology Academy. He has an incredible opportunity for anyone looking to get into the technology field, IoT, the Internet of Things. That's what they're teaching, because basically everything is going into the Internet of Things. Things that we don't know have gone to the Internet. They will soon, if you want to take advantage of career opportunities and income opportunities, you won't believe what you will hear when you call and talk to the good folks at Reno Technology Academy, 849-4983. They have a limited number of IOT scholarships available right now, so give them a call, 849-4983, or visit the website, renotechnology.academy. With me in the studio, Marsha Burke-Bigler. She is Washoe County Commissioner from District 1. Welcome to our show, Marcia.
2: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Nice to be here.
0: It's nice to have you here, too, and today is one of those cold, wet, slippery, wintry days. It'll, it'll be taken care of by Mother Nature, I know. <laughs> yes, I had some people that were scheduled to be here earlier as well, and some later today. They've already canceled because of a variety of reasons, but I have a feeling it has to do with the weather. But one lady, she, said she had to cancel. She made it clear, Marcia, she said, I'm canceling because I kind of have a cold today, and my voice isn't really good for the afternoon radio show. But it has nothing to do with the roads. She was about 100 miles out when she oh. called. <laughs> so she's a farmer, and she's a native, and she knows the area. And you've lived in northern Nevada a long time yourself. Long time,
2: fifth, over 50, well over 50
0: years. That's pretty well makes you a, a native. Close, in my, very close you know, to being a native, yes. In my neighborhood because uh, I've lived here for, I'm going on my 19th year. I feel like I just got here. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly discovering new things mm-hmm. and meeting new people. And it's a great opportunity to to really grow as a business, as an individual, and you know, just for the love of life, there's so much good going on in northern Nevada. But like everywhere across the country, challenges, right? Things going on. And we're going to talk about some of those challenges and how we can overcome them. We have to overcome them in the county. So um, are you ready to go? I am. All right. One of the most recent things that was on my mind, because I live – Outside of the city limits, I live in the county, I live in Hidden Valley, was this big housing development that was being talked about called Daybreak. That was denied recently by the city council. I was reading about how that process went. But for a long time, many of us who live in that area um, were, were really concerned because I've seen that area, too, underwater. That was a city council decision. That's how that was talked about. Those of us that live outside of the city limits in the county, sometimes we feel like we've got zero voice. So I'd like to ask, was there communication between the county and the city on that deal?
2: Not really, because that was annexed into the city. And, you know, we pay attention to what's going on, but we had some concerns about it because it is one of the last remaining heavy flood areas that, you know, where water sort of pools. It runs down the hill and it pools in the valley. And mm-hmm. so what we, we had some concerns about it. I think some of us did, but the truth is the city did the right thing based on their ordinances, which say that they shouldn't be building in floodplain areas. And although the developers I think had some really good plans on how to, if you will, mend the the area to make sure that the water didn't create a problem for the houses they were building. Yeah. My concern always in those kinds of things is how much does this development that's being built in a floodplain impact the people? who are already in in living in the area. And so that was a concern for me.
0: Yes, and uh, it's, we're all human, right? So uh, things happen that we don't plan for, and that's how problems occur. And uh, I'm just afraid that if uh, – I was afraid that if that plan was approved and then – Engineers decided how they would mitigate the flood. All they have to be off by one degree, and it may not be mitigated. So here comes the water.
2: Perry DiLoreto did a really good job when he first started building out in the area of the of DeMonte Ranch and in the South Valleys. He really did a great job of putting in a waterway system that directs the water away from the houses and and that And I think that thing if we're going to have to start building Mm -hmm. to take care of some of the growth that we're having that's the kind of thing we need to look seriously at
0: absolutely Uh, another issue that was not talked about (coughs) with that development that I was really concerned about was the traffic Mm -hmm. 4,700 homes was my understanding Mm -hmm. so that's probably 5,000 cars really when you think about it some people have two cars three cars whatever maybe more than that but added to that roadway there that was mm-hmm. just put in, the southeast connector, uh, could be, again, huge traffic problems. In fact, Marcia, the whole county has traffic problems in the metro area. <laughs> is there any discussion? I mean I look at the the mousetrap, I call it, because that's what they call it in Denver, the spaghetti bowl. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem to be right. There's something well, wrong. Well, yeah,
2: there, there are a lot of plans actually. Um, of course, as you know, the spaghetti bowl is an in-dot mm-hmm, project. Sure and funded largely if, if not by the state by the feds because it's a, an interstate right. an interstate and an, and an interstate so there are there are plans already in place to to make some changes that will help it a little bit and mm-hmm. i think there's some plans to that are further down the road to help it in uh, in a large way uh-huh. there's no question that as a community grows infrastructure is the biggest issue so what's that mean it means sewer systems it means Traffic, it means you know schools, it mm-hmm. means um, in an area like this where you get a lot of sh- you have a lot of shale on the sides of the hills and so you get a lot of runoff down into the valley. It means, you know, storm water runoff. It means a lot of, there's a lot of factors that you have to figure. And so the question, and I think the question is fairly asked by the constituents who live here, what's being done about infrastructure? And how can we say, okay, we're going to build this, but we don't have infrastructure in place to, play, to do that. So I, I chair the regional uh, governing board, which is statutorily responsible for um, a master plan on how we grow in in the greater Truckee Meadows and in, inside of the, the footprint of the greater Truckee Meadows. And so we are now looking at updating that plan. It actually was supposed to be finished this year. It is probably going to be finished sometime in early in the first quarter of next year. Um, it will be in draft so that we can look at it from a draft perspective and the members of the commission can take it back to our various boards are the county commission and the two city councils. So it'll be in draft form, I believe, in uh, at the latest in early January, so that we can discuss it from that perspective and take it back to the to the people to take a look at it and hold some public hearings on, you know, what is that going to look like? What? How do we address the issue of infrastructure? And what direction are we going to grow? Where are we going to grow? We know that with all the growth we have coming in here, we're going to need more housing. How is that going to work? And is it time to say that the region is not just Reno-Sparks and Washoe County, but it's also Fernley and um, Story County? Is that really the greater northern Nevada region that we really need to talk about? And, uh, you know, we're going into the legislative session. I suspect that that's a discussion that will be held um, at the legislative session. We we are we are growing very similar to what Clark County did, but we're not in one county. So we're in a a, a, a broader government. Footprint.
0: Well, uh, unlike Clark County, which is like Las Vegas and Henderson and North, North Las, Las Vegas, Vegas. Uh, we're counties uh-huh. in that regard. We're still rural, but we still have a big impact on right. each other because we're right next to each yeah, other.
2: We're, we're right on top of each other, so we do have a big impact on each other. So.
0: Marsha Burke Bigler is our guest. She's Washer County Commissioner from District One. Marsha, you're, you are also the chair of the I 2018 am. Commission. Yes. So that is does that how does that work? Is it does that change every year? Is that part of the we
2: have t- we have made a decision that we will uh, have a new chair every January, and so we select a new chair, and it's selected by the board members. And currently, I'm the chair, and and Kitty Jung, Commissioner Jung, is the vice chair. I don't know how that'll work out next year. We'll see. You know, I think you know there'll be a new chair for sure.
0: Whether it gets rotated, so yes, it um, is actually because so,
2: everybody gets to participate in that that way.
0: Yeah. So um, if you compare it to city government, the Reno government, mm-hmm. Reno has a mayor mm-hmm. that acts as the chair of the city council, uh, an elected office. Uh, Correct. It doesn't rotate. Um, mayor. Well, let's say it. There's no. There's not. I don't see as much balance that way as you have. Uh, as from a leadership position. As you have when you do rotate that top yeah. tier, and position. I think
2: I think you get more participation from a wider group of people mm-hmm. who have different ideas. So I mean, obviously, once you're a commissioner, you represent the county. So mm-hmm. I might be elected from District One, but I have uh, interests in helping constituents regardless of where they live. But my district includes the mountain areas and the lake areas. Vaughn Hartung's, for instance, doesn't. Yeah. His includes um, a big chunk of Sparks and then you know Spanish Springs in that area. Gene Herman's c- encompasses all that property all the way up to the Idaho border. So, <clears throat> so that we do have different concepts and different ideas from where we're
0: elected the, mm-hmm. the way that the commissioners serve because you're right gene herman's district is totally different totally different than yours and kitty is downtown she is. she's handling that downtown area and so that's a whole different process than dealing with somebody up near denio
2: yeah <laughs> yeah for sure
0: <laughs> we have more conversation with our washoe county commissioner marcia burke JOIN, Inc.,
1: Northern Nevada's workforce development solution, is auctioning off an amazing winter ski package for Heavenly Ski Resort. This package includes lift tickets, restaurant gift cards, and much more. When you bid on this fabulous Heavenly Ski package, you are supporting JOIN, Inc., a key partner in workforce development, which is one of the best investments you can make to boost the Northern Nevada economy. Go to JOIN.org to start bidding today.
0: reno technology academy scholarships are available for your career in the internet of things improving your technical skills can help you attain an income of up to eighty thousand. register online or 849-4983 reno technology academy you're listening to nevada real estate radio thanks for tuning into our show today you know we talk a lot about the benefits of home ownership the value appreciation the pride of ownership the opportunity to raise your family well there's many other things too When you own a home, you can paint it any color you want, as long as you're not in a homeowners association that prohibits that color. But you can change the – let's say this. You can paint the inside of the home any color you want. You can do other things too. In many cases, you can become a beekeeper. Yes, a beekeeper. I am a beekeeper. I have been for the past several years, and it's a great pastime and a lot of fun. It's, it's just something really terrific if you're especially in a family with young children because they are fascinated by the work of these magnificent pollinators. Have them watch the bee movie and then attend the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. It's coming up fast. February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in beautiful Yarrington, Nevada. That's in Lyon County and not far from the Reno Tahoe Industrial Center. In fact, from Reno, it's a quick drive because you get to take the new road. It's very pleasant. Check it out. nevadastatebeekeepers.org is the website. Register, and uh, you'll be amazed by thinking about becoming a beekeeper. Marsha Bigler is with us in the studio. Marsha is Washoe County Commissioner from District 1. She's also the chair of the Washoe County Commission. Marsha, are you a beekeeper? I am not. Not a beekeeper. I'm
2: a dog keeper. A
0: do- dog <laughs> keeper. Oh, that's like a beekeeper, only you just have one. Yeah, Well, you I know, have beekeeper, two. You, oh, you have two. Okay. So bee- bees. Uh, beekeepers have typically about 40,000 bees per hive. Yeah,
2: I have a friend who lives not too far from me. I live on the far west side of the valley and I have a friend who lives not too far from me, just below Colin Ranch, who is a beekeeper. Uh And he had a bear problem, and Uh, so he had to put a little electric fence around his bees to make sure the bear didn't come and eat honey.
0: You know, that is one of the problems with uh, being a beekeeper is you do attract some uh, unwanted visitors sometimes. Uh, in In that part of the Truckee meadows if you 're a beekeeper you 're kind of a bear keeper too because you've got to keep them away
2: yeah, you do a lot of
0: strategy to do that in in all in all instances there are pests that like to come after the bees, but that 's part of being a beekeeper, uh taking care of them and knowing what part of your uh, challenges are that you have to address in my case i'm i'm nowhere near bees, uh rather bears, but I am near a lot of things like skunks. And uh, raccoons. And they get in. They can get in if they if you make it easy for them. They're always looking for that easy meal. And if yeah. you don't take care of your bees, they might get visitors.
2: Yeah. I live not too far off the river, about three houses off the river. And so we have <laughs> raccoons a lot of times. <laughs> they're
0: so cute. They
2: are very cute, <laughs> but they're mean little things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Marcia, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the recent goings on at the Washer County commissioners meetings. And uh, there was something that happened not long ago. It was uh, on the 27th of November. And the headline said, Board of County Commissioners take the first steps in establishing an affordable housing trust fund. Uh-huh. That fits right into our programming. Can uh-huh. you talk to us a little bit about that?
2: Well, you know, it is a common thing in a lot of other cities of our size. And, and we are really in the probably the top 10% of cities in America of our size. And for growth, for the growth that we're seeing. And so, you know, the thing about growth is what happens is people who own homes and who rent apartments raise the rates because people are coming in who are making more money. And so they raise rates. So we we really have a housing shortage really from the top all the way down. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> we have people, for instance, one of the things we're working on at the county along with the two cities is the homeless situation. And we're locating some people to the former Nevada mental health site, which we call the NAMS campus. And But we have people who actually li- currently live in the homeless center who have income, who have jobs, but they can't afford apartments. Wow. And so that's really what's driving this idea of let's get a, an affordable trust fund that will help developers build houses that are in the affordable range. And that is, that's a very good process that happens in a lot of areas, a lot of, areas, a mm-hmm. lot of cities. Mm-hmm. There are federal funds that they can get also, but it helps if you have a basic fund that you could start with local government, with government money, that you can start and then build upon with various different grants and things that come from the feds.
0: Yes, yes, very nice.
2: That's the direction we're heading.
0: Okay. So uh,
2: we're in the very early stages, but... And as everybody knows, the process of government, as I say routinely, runs very slowly. But we are, and so, you know, we're, but we are working on it and we are all taking it very seriously.
0: I know things run slowly in government, and that's why we need people like you, Marcia Burke Bigler, in government. Because I have a feeling you're running with an oil can. You know, you've <laughs> got to keep things lubed and moving. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't you can't just sit around. And, you can't because it'll get away from you. Yeah, uh, there's always two sides to the story, and you know when you're talking about affordable housing, you know I I hear this from people, and you probably do too, Marcia. If you make it too easy sometimes for people to find places to live, you're going to get an importation of more people looking for the same thing. Is that a problem? These people that are needing affordable housing, have they lived here a long time and then suddenly they need affordable housing? Or are they new people coming in saying, hey, what do you got?
2: So, you know, I think that's definitely an argument that's brought up and and definitely an issue you have to consider. So uh, you take that into consideration when you're developing the entire plan. What does it look like? What does affordable housing look like? And, And, you know, who are we building, who are we proposing to have these built for? And so... I, I just think as, you, as we go through the process, we will hit a lot of those topics. We've already, I've already had several people come to me and say, I don't want to be building housing for people from California. Well, unfortunately, people from California are moving to Nevada. And so I, I lived in Nevada when we had the last housing crisis, when we were building all the casinos and, and, you know, we had all the construction. And we had people who had jobs who were living on the river because they were camping on the river because there, no, there were no apartments available we don't want to get to that point where we really have that big of a glut and lack of housing. And so I, um, I think that's what we're looking at. There are some factors that you don't want to um, give everybody a free ride.
0: When you mentioned the gentleman or the lady, whoever you talked to, that said they don't want to build homes for people from California, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself because I hear that a lot. I, hear a lot. I talk to a lot of people in the real estate world. A lot of their clients are moving in from California. A lot of the challenges that we're having to deal with and a lot of our costs of dealing with these challenges, let's face it, they're a result of something going on in California. Is there any way we can go after those guys and say, hey, how about you're impacting us?
2: Probably not. We're, we can't even we're we can't even – we are we don't even know how we would go after Lyon <laughs> County. I mean Story <laughs> County where the growth of the, the center, the industrial center is in Story County. And, of course, that's having a direct that's bearing huge. on us and yeah. Fernley. So we don't even – there's no way in the statutes that we can even go after them at this stage of the game. But – um, but I think that it's it's a it's a mistake to think that it's something that's happening in California that's causing our growth here. It isn't. It's something that's happening in Nevada. Now it's true that California is that California elected officials are probably our best friend for growth here in Northern Nevada because they keep passing you know more taxes and more taxes and more taxes, and that incentivizes businesses to move over here and relocate over here. But Reno has has really seeing growth because we have focused on growth. The governor and his economic development group, you know, the governor's office on economic development, has really focused at bringing companies like Tesla in. I think EDON has really focused on bringing in companies that are going to be, that they'll want to put their headquarters and their roots down right here and grow their business here and employ people here in Reno. And so what happens with that is, People from other areas say, hey, Reno's a growing concern. Let's go see what kind of a job we can get. Maybe we can improve our, our lot in life.
0: The whole deal was done, yes, by, the, by EDON for western Nevada, for Nevada. All this stuff was done for Nevada. Mm-hmm. And then once it's done, then it's not mostly Nevada that's taking advantage of it. It seems like it's California coming in. Marcia, it seems to me like many Californians are seeking economic asylum in Nevada. <laughs>
2: I think there's no question that that's a very right way to say it. They are because they they they're overtaxed over there and they know it and they know they can come to Nevada where we have a reasonable tax base, somewhat convoluted that needs some clearly some tweaking and I, I have faith that our new governor will come in and do some tweaking for us, but you know, but it is a better place besides which look what you get to live in. I mean, we have this beautiful dusting of snow out there right now that's going to be melted by this afternoon.
0: I love living within 10 minutes of California. I I can pop in when I need to and pop out when I don't. And you've got Lake
2: Tahoe, (laughs) and you can just buzz right up to Lake Tahoe and ski or swim or whatever. You've got, you know, Pyramid Lake, if you like the desert Mm -hmm. type of uh, beautiful wilderness areas, lots of hiking areas. It's just a really beautiful place to live.
0: really is. But, you know, uh, those of us that live here, uh, we were starting to ask ourselves— is this really what I want? More growth, more Mm -hmm. people. That's not why I came here. That's not why a lot of people. But we know that we need it to continue to grow and prosper. Uh, But at some point, people start to Talk back.
2: And, and they're at that point right now. They are very concerned and rightfully so, and I understand their concerns, but that doesn't change the fact that we still have to address the issue. So I, I think the best way to address the issue is to start by doing what we're doing at the Regional Governing Board, and that is address the infrastructure issue. Mm-hmm. So, what is the infrastructure that's needed, and where do we need to put it? To direct the growth.
0: Yeah, uh, we can all point to our own local areas and probably come up with a good area. I've got a pothole in my area that I need to talk to you about. But the fact is, uh, it all needs to be looked at.
2: And a lot of people will say, well, I just want to do infill. I don't like sprawl. But then you get the situations like the Daybreak Project, and that's considered infill. Right. And do you really want to take away that beautiful meadow and put a bunch of houses in it? I mean, I think the infill idea is good on some level, Mm -hmm. but I think we have to have a combination of green growth and infill growth, which is we like to call sprawl green growth.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, wow. We don't want it to be
2: called sprawl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So far, after this last... uh, decision not to allow the daybreak development. I'm, ex- I'm relieved, okay? But I know that there's going to be other challenges with that. Yeah, there are. And, you know, I, I look at and listen to what's going on in surrounding communities. Uh, South Lake Tahoe. So Measure T is what we're going to talk about when we come back because okay. Measure T was a big deal there. Uh, finally enough of the local residents decided they didn't want their neighbors or the property owners Next door, that never lived there, that constantly ran out. They didn't want.
1: Reno Technology Academy. Human ingenuity is shaping a new technological future. IoT, the Internet of Things. The demand for skilled developers and tech workers is high. Reno Technology Academy has a new training program and the only IoT lab in the state for the next generation of makers and inventors who want to turn their obsession into a reality. Reno Technology Academy has scholarships available right now. Call 849 4983 and apply today or visit Reno renotechnology.academy.
0: Reno Technology Academy. Scholarships are available for your career in cybersecurity. Improving your technical skills can help you attain an income of up to ninety thousand. Register for your scholarship online or call 849-4983-Reno Technology Academy. My name is Peter Padilla, your host here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. We talk with a lot of investors. We talk a lot about buying rental properties, buying multifamily. We also talk with people that, well, they've got a lot of money invested in their home, and now the family has downsized so much. It's just mom and dad living in this huge house. Too many bedrooms, too much to clean, too much to maintain, but it's a challenge downsizing in the northern Nevada market because the prices of homes in that three-bedroom, two-bath category have gone up so much, but the Luxury home prices. Let's face it; they just don't. They just don't move in the same way. So, if you're looking to downsize, you need to be talking with a real, knowledgeable real estate professional and helping people downsize. That person would be Dan Ryder. He's the broker and owner of Nevada Home Connections. You'll be amazed what's Dan, what Dan's knowledge and experience can help you do, whether it's your home or your parents' home that you need to talk about. A downsize. Very tough, but that next move. Could be the most important move they'll ever make in their lives. So give Dan Ryder a call. 775 742 3376 or visit Nevadahomeconnections.com. One more time, that's nvhomeconnections.com. Tell him Peter sent you. With me in the studio, Marsha Burke Bigler. Marsha, you should get your own radio show. You're pretty good.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs>
0: I've seen you on some other broadcasts in town, radio, TV. It's one of the things I like about you. You really let the people know what's going on. It must well, take a lot of energy to do that.
2: I, I, I'm a firm believer that transparency is the key to government. Now you get to, you hear that word a lot. Everybody's always saying, "Well, I'm transparent," but but you know, I came out of the business world, and I I being an elected official is not my career nor my path in life, and so. I am one of those people who believes that that elected officials really have a job to do and that the money doesn't belong to the government. It belongs to the people. And so I think that helps my attitude of let's get the job done for our constituents.
0: Yeah, I think it's great to have business people (coughs) in leadership roles like at the commission and like at the – city councils because, you know, we live in that kind of a world. It's good business. Mm-hmm. It's good business to be good to people. It is. And that's really what, you like any business, you want to be welcoming. You want to be attentive. You want to be um, available when they need you. But you know, let's face it, there's only so much anybody can do. And even a business, in most cases, has to take a break sometimes. Yes. County commissioners, no different, right? That's correct. So, but your work, it seems like it's a full-time job. Is it a full 40 hours for you every week? Um, should?
2: About... Th- Closer to seventy or eighty yeah, hours. Yeah, that's what a I kind of
0: figured. Yeah.
2: Um, and technically, we're by statute we are part-time employees, but um, um, it's closer to seventy or to, seventy to eighty hours a week for me because I'm chair. When I'm not chair, it's probably sixty to seventy hours a week because I spend a lot of time in my home office talking to people. And you know, I'm in an Incline and I'm in South Shore because I serve on Tahoe Regional Planning as well as Tahoe Transportation. So. I um, spend a lot of time doing things for constituents.
0: Now I know why you're not a beekeeper. Too busy. (laughs) Yes, You're busy enough as it is. Hey, we were talking about Measure T when we were going into the break last time. Mm -hmm. That's a measure that was uh, just recently passed in South Lake Tahoe, which essentially uh, no longer allows people to use their property that they own their homes in South Lake Tahoe is rental property is you know weekend rentals and stuff like that the people that lived there full-time apparently had had it and they found enough votes to uh, vote that opportunity down for people that own property there are many people that hardly ever visit their own property they probably go there like visitors themselves and so so go ahead
2: measure t's purpose from South Lake Tahoe's perspective measure t's purpose was to say that you can't just buy a home in a residential area and then lease it to be just an income for you. So it, I don't think it impacts people who live part of the time in their, in their houses, although I could be wrong about that. It may. I don't think it's a blanket prohibition for vacation rentals, and that's really what this is about, V-O-H, vacation, vacation home rentals. Anyway, that is an issue, of concern around Lake Tahoe largely because people come in they there's not much parking up there to start with they park their cars in other people's driveways or you know they park them all over the streets and and people who are full-time residents up there can't get in they also make noise they throw parties they bring you know they come for their bachelor party they come maybe for their wedding they come for all kinds of things. So they throw parties, and so that that has an impact. So I, I think that's really where the people, especially the people in South Lake Tahoe, in the city of South Lake Tahoe, really reached their max on ability to handle it. It is a problem around the lake, and it is a problem that we are actually are discussing with regard to Incline Village. So in in Nevada, back in, I believe it was in 2013, a resolution was passed that allowed the Visitors and the, the what do you call RCVA, Reno Sparks Visitors Authority, yeah. allowed them to place a tax on these VOAs mm-hmm. that register with them unbeknownst to, and, and that tax is, of course, used for advertising. It's uh, uh, 1% comes to us. A, a certain percentage goes to the GID in Incline Village, which is called IVGID. IV, uh, I, I, IVGID is... Incline Village General Improvement District—that really it does utilities, parks, that kind of stuff, and handles that kind of thing up there. Anyway, uh, so 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 they are collecting about eight million dollars a year in taxes, and there it does some of it goes to us, some of it goes to them, some of it's used for advertising for both um, Incline Village as well as the rest of the RSCVA footprint. But the problem, the difference between Incline Village and South Lake Tahoe's, we have one hotel. We do not have motels. We do not have strip mall motels or anything else. We have one hotel. We have the Hyatt. Mm -hmm. And so if someone wants to come to Incline Village for, say, the 4th of July parade that they do every year, where are they going to stay? Well, and then you're going (laughs) to add to the traffic problem. And I think that's really the issue for us on Mm. our side. We are looking at it. We do want to put in place some ordinances that... Make requirements to assure that the houses are fire safe, for instance. Mm-hmm. That the houses are, that, it, that they're, they're not being rented just exclusively for that. Right. And we really don't have much of that in Incline Village. Most of ours in Incline Village are people spend six months out of the year there and then they spend six months somewhere else. And they're either winter people or summer people and they rent their house out on for a week or two during their absence. And, and a lot of times it's to family. Right. It, they do – there are a lot of them that register them online. So mm. so it's a different factor, but it's a factor yeah. we're definitely looking at.
0: It's a different mix of people type that yeah. come to South Lake Tahoe than it is to Incline Village. So I, it's nice that every neighborhood, every community can decide on their own if it's right for them or not. That is and the reason
2: why we don't want TRPA to set out specific set rules. We want each – local municipality and local area to be able to say well we want to do it this way in our area yeah and so i think that is much more beneficial to our constituents
0: very nice very nice we talked a little bit about the flood issues early Mm -hmm. in the program and how uh the daybreak uh development uh being denied is going to put a lot of people's minds at ease that we're concerned about flooding uh that it might flood the homes that are built or that it might flood other homes that wouldn't be flooded otherwise um so uh in your oversight of the commission, is there still talk about doing more work to, uh, to, to do any uh, new development or mitigation for the floods after all the work that has been done in downtown with the new bridges and all? Is there still more coming on that?
2: Well, I think, yes, there will be some more coming on it. As you know, the additional tax for flood control did not pass right. in the in the last election. So it did not pass. So there will not be any additional um, tax dollars from citizens going into it. but. There's always grants from the federal government, and there are other types of grants that we can get to participate in taking care of some of the flood control issues. The two the two issues that have been handled, the bridge downtown and the bypass, that the waterway bypass that was done in Sparks, have really significantly improved river flooding. The real problem we have in this valley, in my opinion, is not river flooding as much as it is the ditches and the streams and the storm runoff flooding. Um, The closed basins like Lemon Valley, um, we've got a huge lake in Lemon Valley. Well, it's always been a lake. Yeah. It's been a lake since this is a I Swan think... It's a Swan Lake we're talking about. Yeah, Swan Lake. Right? And um, is,
0: is, is it's, it's still flooded, is it? It's still oh, creating that
2: Oh, it's still a huge lake, but, you know, a lot of those houses were built inside of a floodplain, yeah. but a lot of them were built long before FEMA ever said, guess what, guys, this is a floodplain, and now it's designated as such. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, there are so many things that still need to be looked at from an infrastructure perspective, mm-hmm. and flooding is certainly at the top of
0: the list. Absolutely. We're coming up close to... To the first of the year, and that's when we've had some of the biggest floods in yes. history. And I, I see a lot of rain right around New Year's Day and, and early January, and uh, this will be a true test for us to it see will. how things have gone, especially with, where, again, looking at my area, Southwest Connector. There's more traffic down in that way, but at least it's still, the, mm-hmm. that, that that water can still flow, and, and, and it's always going to be there.
2: I think that will be a real test to see if science is, is addressing the flooding problem better, because I think that road was put... I know the road was put through a waterway, Mm -hmm. it was put through a wetlands, but it was scientifically developed to really not create the problems that we created for ourselves in, say, a Lemon Valley, a closed basin. Yeah. Um, So I'm hoping that if we get the kind of snow and rain that we can get, as you say, in January, Mm -hmm. that – that will prove that the science is actually working this time.
0: And that's what I've got my fingers crossed. We have just about a minute before we have to wrap up our show. I'm talking with Marsha Burke Bigler, Washoe County Commissioner, District 1, and also the Chair of the Washoe County Commission. Marsha, is there one issue, one big issue, that the Commission is going to be focusing on in the coming months?
2: Well, I'm. I have one of my major issues is um, security and safety of the community, and so that includes a dispatch system that is regional. So that we kind of have a patchwork dispatch system now and we need a serious dispatch system that dispatches police, fire and ambulance, all that everybody can see where it's at, that the dispatchers know where it's going. We have examples. Uh, Clark County has a wonderful system. We have examples in other major cities and so that's going to be my major focus. It's going to
0: require everybody to be talking with each it other. Is. I'm sure. We Good are. connectivity. Marsha Burke-Bigler, thank you for being with us thank today, you, giving peter. us this great update. Have a happy holiday. I know we may we may not have you back on the show till then, but I'm looking forward in 2019 to getting you back real soon. Thanks.
2: I'd be glad to come back anytime.
0: All right. Thanks, glad you're peter. joining us. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. My name is Peter, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you have questions for us, send an email, peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. And we'll visit with you again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye.
2: Everybody.